This week on Intrigued, Full Effect. I miss the times that me and her used to just sit and watch movies um, across the bed, have movie nights on my bed and eat popcorn. It, I just miss, I miss her. And it's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her or pray for her. And that I'm not going to give up. I'm Shandrea Thomas, and welcome to episode 11. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today, I'm talking about the disappearance of 21-year-old Keisha Jacobs from Richmond, Virginia. This case has an extra layer of tragedy because not only is Keisha still missing, but her brother Davon was shot and killed a few months after her disappearance. And her mother, Tony is still somehow holding herself together through the whole ordeal. I spoke to Tony, and I reached out to Richmond Police about the case. This is what happened. It was September 26, 2016. According to Tony, Kishay sent her a text message telling her that she was going out and that she was spending the night at a friend's house. The text also said that she would be back the next day, but she was never seen again. I had a long chat with Tony about what happened that day and where the case stands right now. Tony Jacobs, thank you for uh, talking with me this morning. I know you've been through a lot over the past couple of years now with, you know, what happened with Quiche and your son. So let's just start from the beginning because, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are not familiar with Quiche's story. So can you just tell me kind of from the beginning what happened so we can get a scope of exactly what the situation is? Um, sure. Um, this one particular day um, I was at work. Like I normally do, um, I called Kishé and was like, Kiki, I'm late coming. You know, I have to go to school. So can you grab my books and stuff and just meet me outside and I'll call you when I get close. She was like, all right, mom. And I called her and let her know I was close. Um, and we talked for a few seconds because she was fussing because I was rushing to go back, go to school and I hadn't eaten. So I was like, I'll see you that night. Um, I called, I got home after school. And Keisha had just got home from seeing um, a guy that she was dating and they had gotten in an argument or something. And me and her brother was talking to her about it. It was she was really upset about it, but it was that was it. Then she said that she was going over a friend's house. I was like, okay. She was I was like, you need a ride? She was like, No, nah, I'm good. Um one of her friends was gonna take her. So her friend came and got her. This was like almost eleven o'clock. And I was like, all right, be careful. Make sure your phone charge like I always do. I got it, Ma. I got it. I got my charger. I'm good. I was like, all right. So then I texted her and was like, um, I'm getting ready to go to bed. You know, she was like, I'm going to stay the night over there, over my friend's house, and I'll be home tomorrow. I was like, okay. And then as normal, I love you. I love you, too. I was like, be safe. She's like, yes, ma'am. And that was the last conversation I had with my daughter. So on this particular day, do you know what friend's house she went to and why? No, um, by Keisha being 21, even though like she had just turned 21, like August the 6th, uh, she used to fuss at me and was like, mom, I'm not no baby no more. So I was like, all right, just let me know, you know, if you're going somewhere or whatever. And if you're not coming home and, you know, always keep your phone charged. So I tried not to pry too much, but. And she always let me know when she arrived, when she got where she's going. She's like, all right, mom, you know, if if her phone didn't work, she'll always give me an alternate number to somebody that she was with in case I need to contact her for emergency or anything. 
So I just was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. She was like, okay, Ma, I love you. That's all. That was it. On the night she vanished, Quiche had just broken up with a boyfriend. I wanted to know what the family had to say to the boyfriend after the disappearance. He knew my son. And um, so he came over to the house and he was like, they had an argument. And, you know, I guess Quiche broke up with him or whatever the case may be. But the police also um, talked to him as well. He was, you know, I think he was a little shaking up and a little scared of my son because my son was like, if I find out you did something to my sister, you know, mm-hmm. it, wow. it's not pretty. But being they knew each other a long time, he was like, no, I will never do that. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where she's at. You know, if I hear from her, I'll let her know. And, you know, he cooperated with the police and everything. So we didn't have so any reason to think he had anything to do with it being somebody else. Um, took her somewhere which kind of cleared him a little bit because one of her best friends dropped her off at a house which we didn't find out about until like two days after Keisha went missing even though I called the friends like by t- that next day when it wasn't like Keisha not for me not to hear from her by lunchtime the next day and I'm like hold on and I called her brother and her brother had just got out of jail he was incarcerated for a period of time and they were very close and he was like no ma I was looking for Keisha because I need her to cook me breakfast I was like <laughs> right <laughs> you know because that's how she treated him she she you know she acted like she was the big sister when it came to him as hours turned into days the worry turned into panic because a lack of communication between Keisha and her family was completely out of character by the time I didn't hear from her, by the time I got off work, because usually I'm going to hear from Quiche like five, six times a day before I even get off work. So and I was like, hmm, her phone is still going to voicemail, which is not like her, you know, and I ain't heard from her. That's when I got worried. So I started calling her friends and I was like, hey, have y'all talked to Quiche? They was like, no, I ain't seen Quiche. I'm going to call around to see if I, I was like, OK, OK. I, I wasn't. <laughs> I was alarmed, but I wasn't too alarmed yet because I I guess it didn't dawn on me that something could be wrong, you know. Then that evening, I was like, I told her, I was sitting on the couch with her brother, and I was like, this is not like Kiki. Uh, He was like, I know, Ma. She talks to you all the time. I was like, I know. So I'm still calling her friends, and nobody said they heard from her. When the next day came with no response from her daughter, Tony went knocking on doors looking for answers. I got up and put my clothes on and I went to people's houses knocking on the door. Have you seen Quiche? Have you seen Quiche? I'm calling each friends. I was like, y'all still ain't heard from Quiche. Y'all still ain't heard from Quiche. Nobody's telling me nothing. Nobody says anything. And what what hurts me the most is they did, they knew they dropped her off somewhere and they still didn't tell me. The police officer, he was like, well, how you know she's missing? She's 21. She can just not decide not to answer your phone call. I said, exactly. Her phone's been going to voicemail, and I pulled out my phone. I was like, look, this is my daughter calling me every day, all day long. Something is wrong. It was like two days later. Um, I called Danny. I was like, why haven't I heard from a detective? And they was like, well, this is a detective on your case. He will call you shortly, blah, blah, blah. Still nothing. But by that night, which was that, it was like a Monday, but by that Wednesday night, two days later, her friends come over my house and they was like, I was sitting in the living room and it was like four of them, five of them came and it was like, Miss Tony, we dropped Quiche off at this house over off a broad near Shimarasa Park. 
I was like, okay, why didn't y'all tell me this? This is two days later. I made them, you know, show me where he lived at. And I was fussing. I was like, if she was here, he had ample enough time to do whatever he wanted to do with her and get rid of her. Keyshay's friends come over to your house after she's missing for a couple of days, almost three days. They tell you that she went, they dropped her off at some guy's house in this certain part neighborhood. So you decide to go over to this house and knock on the door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me what, what happened after you knocked on the door. So after I knocked on the door, um, the guy answered the door and he was like, was telling me that, yeah, she was there. She's been there, but the time that he told me he saw her was not right. He told me he saw her on the 26th, like on the fifth, at five o'clock that day. And I was like, no, you did not. I was like, because I was on the phone with my daughter. My daughter bought me my books. I was like, you know, didn't he change it to six? He just kept changing the time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one better. So I called the police and I was like, look, my daughter's name is Keisha Jacobs. She's been missing for a couple of days. I said, I'm at the house where she was last seen. And this man's story is not adding up. I need a police officer here now. So a few police officers showed up. Mind you, it still was not the detective that was supposed to have been on her case. So a police, couple of police officers showed up. He wouldn't allow the police officers in the house at first. And then he calls another detective. He comes over, walks in the house and says she's not there. Nobody goes looking, searching through nothing and found out she was there. So he was like, this is my card. Um, I know who the detective is on your case. I will get with him, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. A few days went by. By that Sunday, um, I went to church and I got out of church and um, my friends was going to have a rally for Quiche, you know, over there by Shimmerize Park. We was going through the neighborhood and pass out flyers and everything. I get a phone call from um, the owners of the house. It's just fortunate that they saw the story. It's just so happened that they heard about the story on Facebook because it was all over Facebook. And she was like, that's my great grandmother's house. And I was like, OK. She was like. Um, I talked to my aunt. She said that you can come over and look through the house if you want to. I was like, okay, I appreciate it. This was that Sunday after Quiche went missing. Still no police, no detective has contacted me, nothing. So um, it just so happened that the people that lives in that house is his, my nephew is married to one of the family members, but I just didn't know it. Mm. So, yeah, that's her great-grandmother. My nephew's wife, is that was her great-grandmother, and I didn't know it. So the family allowed me access into the house. We looked around, found out in the back there's a deep basement. And when the police came, they could that guy could have had Keisha tied up in that basement, and nobody would have ever heard her or known it, known it because you have to go outside and go down some steps, and then it's on the outside to get into the basement down there. The family was like, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to contact the detectives and the police and let them know, hey, you don't need no search warrant. You know, I, I am the power attorney of this house. Come search this house. Bring the dogs, whatever you need to do to get come search this house. So the guy that was staying there, he was renting a room from the family's great grandmother, which was odd to me. And he had disappeared. He was nowhere to be found. You guys go in and you check this house. The guy disappears 
I guess, probably for whatever reason. And so he's gone. So you guys are going through the house. What else do you discover? Do you find anything? Do you find any of her possessions in this house? What do you see? I, I was like, I told everybody, I was like, look, don't, just don't touch nothing. Because I was like, if they're going to allow the police to come in here, I'd rather the police come in here and do right. Just looking through a glance, I didn't see anything that belonged to her. In a trash can, it was some bloody tissues or something that was in there. But I was like, don't touch it, you know, because I wanted the police to come in and do what they needed to do. And um, that's when we discovered the basement that was outside. The family showed it to her. They was like, well, when the police came, after those kids came, he could have put her down here and nobody would have ever known. And, you know, just telling me the stuff because it's like underground almost. So I was like, okay. So finally the detectives contacted me. Um and they did a they took the dogs in the house. Um I was, was told by the family that the dogs went in the house and they found DNA. Um they found some stuff in there. They went in the house like twice. You know, the police is hush hush about what they find because they're not gonna tell you everything. Um mm-hmm. uh, found out that the guy did run. Um he was he's he was on parole for something and um apparently he did something to another female or something. I'm not too sure. I don't know the guy's name because the police won't release certain information to me. Um, and I never seen the guy before from there. That's pretty much where it's been. I, they, they did the, they had the dogs out by Shimaraza park, which is like two, maybe two blocks or three blocks from where the house where she was last seen. Um, they had the dogs out in the woods, all down there in the park area and everything. They said they hadn't, they hadn't came up with anything. Since Keisha was missing, I had um, rallies to pass out flyers. At one point during the investigation, people called and played cruel jokes on the family. I had crank calls, people playing on my phone, calling, saying that they're Keisha. They'll be like, Ma, Ma. Come get me. Please come get me. I had people text me messages saying that my daughter was at a location and I run over there to where the location was, you know. Mm, that um, sounds so cruel, you know. Yeah. People, I had people play on Facebook talking about they didn't put their, her face on a uh, Muslim thing and said the Muslim has her. I had people try to distort money out of me several times saying that they knew somebody who had her and he was a pimp and he was making her do all this stuff. Um, I had somebody contacted my sister thinking it was me that my sister was my Keisha's mom which was crazy so I let my sister go ahead and pretend and I sent everything to the police but once I got in contact with the detective and the sergeant that was on my case they were very I can't say it I mean like two three o'clock in the morning if I got a prank call or something they was up and we was talking on the phone you know and they was checking everything out um but ever since then, they has been they have been very open with me. Certain things they still can't tell me because they say they don't want to jeopardize the case. It's been people saying that they've seen people that look like Quiche, but we haven't produced any of Quiche yet. Nothing. Her cell phone, nothing. It still goes to voicemail to this day. I still have it on. Let me ask you this. When it comes to the DNA situation, what do you know about what they found in the house? Did they find Quiche's DNA in the house or just someone's DNA in the house? I believe they found Quiche's DNA because they came to the house, you know, before when they did the dogs, whatever. They was looking for articles of her clothing or anything that I had that they could get DNA off of. 
So it was fortunate enough that I had something that actually had, you know, her DNA on it. But I don't want to go into detail what it was, but it was yeah, personal. I, okay, yeah. I understand. I understand that. Okay, so and let's just clear this, clarify the situation too about this house. There were multiple people living in this house. The one guy by himself living in this house. Explain this this house to me, so I know if there were other people in the house at the time, or you know what I mean. At, well, who all lived there? At the time, the only person was there was the guy and the great grandmother. Apparently, he had gained the trust of the grandmother, so he kind of helped the family, helped her and took care of her, and he stayed there as well. Have you ever seen this guy again? Does, is he in jail? Do you know where he is? I No, I haven't. I don't know where this guy is at. I have not seen him or heard anything about him. Nothing. At this point, in your heart and in your spirit, do you think that Kishé is still alive out there, or do you think something really happened to her in that house? I think that the type of person that Kishé was, she's she was she was very quiet, but she was so headstrong. She get that from me. You're not going to tell her to do something. So I think if he tried to tell her you was going to do something, it was a fight. It was a fight because she's not going like willingly. No, she's not. She wasn't. She was so little, but she wasn't timid. You understand what I'm trying to say? Because mm-hmm. she used to fight her brother. <laughs> so. <laughs> She was the only girl out of all the boys in the family. So she was kind of tough. I believe in my heart and soul that Keisha is still out there. I believe somebody's holding her against their will. Everything in me is telling me that. I don't know how to explain it. I, I, I tell people all the time when my son was murdered, my son got murdered like four months after Keisha went missing. Was it like about four months after Keisha went missing? I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. But I felt it. I don't I don't know how to explain it. That night, uh, even though I talked to him that day, that night, I mean, my children, we were very close. So it's nothing for him to call me all day long. Mom, what you doing? And Keisha the same way. For no reason. I'd be like, please stop calling me. Leave me alone. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they did. Ma, I called your phone. It was busy. Well, oh, 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 I couldn't get through. What's going on with you? Why, why I couldn't call you? I was like, Lord, I turned it off for a reason. But, you know. <laughs> right. But that night he got murdered. I was laying in my bed and I just, I felt it. You know, I, I, I couldn't explain it. It was like, all I could do was just pray. And I was praying for my kids. And the whole time I was thinking cliche. You know, I wasn't thinking my son. But I knew it was my kids you know and then when I got the knock on the door not by the police but somebody that heard about it on Facebook you know said that he got shot you know when they first got to the door I all I could think about was Kishé but I found out it was my son with Kishé not being here I don't feel like she's gone I, I, I really don't every dream I have unless I'm in denial every dream I have is somebody has her I mean somebody has my baby and the only thing I want is for them to give her back for her to be 21 she don't look like she's 21 Keisha looks like she could pass for like 13 or 14 years old I done had little kids pass her off as that young you know what I'm saying so she wasn't the one to wear a whole lot of makeup or any of that stuff she was very petite and I think somebody got her thinking they got some little young girl off of some little fetish that they have and they think she belongs to them. But no, she belongs to me. That's my baby. And I'm not giving up. 
Tony's son, Davon, was shot and killed on January 8th of 2017 in South Richmond. The accused killer went to trial, and he was given 15 years. But after new evidence and testing, he was granted a new trial. That trial starts this June. I was, as I was researching the, the case, I came across some information about like some guy in jail who says he has information about her case. What do you know about that? And how did you find out about it? I found out from the police. Matter of fact, I found out the two year when Kishay was gone missing, the anniversary of two years, we was doing a balloon, balloon release and the police pulled me to the side and told me about it. And they told me that it's a person that's incarcerated that has information, but he won't talk. But yet he says he has information. So why would he bother saying he has information if he doesn't want to talk? Are they still working to try to get this information from him? The way I understand it is they said they went to see him several times. And one time they said something about he tried to commit suicide or something. So he was on suicide watch. But then it was time he was like looking disoriented, like he didn't know who they were or stuff like that. But they said it had been several times and he refused to say anything. And you know for sure that it's not the guy that you came and knocked on the door and saw. It's not that same guy. I don't know. Because they won't tell me who it is. They okay. won't tell me who it is. I, I really don't know who. Honestly, I don't know. I wish I did know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they won't say a word. And they was like, we can't tell you it may jeopardize the case. Tony says when she asked about the name of the guy who lived at the house, the owners gave her a name. But they all soon discovered that name was fake. As far as the friends, what about them? Have they told you any anything about this guy? I mean, you know, you would think that someone in her circle would know who she was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? See, that's my thing. I mean, since all this has gone on, everybody said that it was her friends. And that's what I want kids to know. that People ain't your friends. And since all this has happened, I don't see nobody. I may talk. I have one of her friends that still keeps in contact. One. One. They still mm. keep in contact with me, checks on me, um, checks and see if they, mom, you heard anything yet? She's coming home, mom. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. I was like, all right, babe. You know, only one out of all them friends to say they cliche friends, just one. And like I told them, I was like, y'all withheld vital information. I said, if something happened to my daughter, you hold it over your head because you waited up days to tell me that you dropped her out. You could have made a difference of Kishay being home today because mm-hmm. you tried not to give me some information, which you just didn't feel I was important enough to have it. I'm her mother. And like I tell them, nobody would have known Kishay was missing unless I, un- until I said Kishay was missing because I know my child, my daughter don't go days or barely all day long, 24 hours without calling or talking to me. Even if she mad, I'm going to know she's over something. She'd have been mad and be like, I'm moving out, mom. I was like, all right, bye. And then next thing I know, I get a text. I'm staying at so-and-so house. I see you the weekend. So I talk to her every day. Every day, mom, I love you. Love you too, baby. When it comes to her disappearance, what are the streets saying? What What are people out in the streets saying? What are the rumors or happening as far as you know you getting information about that especially when she first disappeared because sometimes people come up with their own theories about what they think happened what did you hear at first first i heard uh quiche was pregnant and she was scared to tell me so a lot of people don't know quiche had the little pregnancy thing put in her arm (laughs) and that was her 
saying, I, Ma, I ain't ready for no kids because, you know, my son had a has a little boy and he was like, she's like, if my kids going to be anything like this little boy, I ain't having no children. So they <laughs> said she's pregnant. And, and I knew I had just, we had just went to the doctor and got that thing redone in her arm. So I was like, no, she ain't pregnant. The, the police came because she'd be pregnant. No, because she hit go the receipt for the thing at the doctor's. No, she had that thing in her arm, you know, the birth control in her arm. So, mm-hmm. no, she was pregnant. It was she ran off with a boyfriend or something like that. I was like, she ain't got to run off. What's she going to run off for? She's 21. She ain't got to run off. And then people was like, well, you know, when I was her age, I rebelled and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, you was not my child. Me and you didn't have the relationship. You didn't have the relationship with your mother that my children had with me. We talked about every, when I said everything, but some stuff that I didn't even want to know that if my child wanted to talk to me about it and they felt comfortable enough telling me about it, I was going to listen. We were very, very close. Mm -hmm. So it's not something she had to run away for. And it was it was odd that the police officers, Detective Thompson, that's on Keisha's case and the Sergeant Smith, she was they sat me down. They was like, you know, she was like they because Keisha's phone was in my name, you know, I, they was able to get access to her phone records. And it was like, your, your daughter loved you. I was like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it was like she told you some stuff. I was like, yes. So. For the people saying she's running away because of this, running away because of that, she, no, that's, that wasn't our relationship. You know, she just wouldn't leave. And if she wanted to go somewhere, I have a sister that lives in Vegas. I have family that live in Atlanta. My brother li- was living in um, Denver at the time and family in St. Louis. She had so many places to go. And my sister that lives in Vegas was like, Keisha, come stay with me for a year. Mama, you going? I'm like, no, girl, you go. Mm-mm, I ain't going. She was not going to leave me. <laughs> they was she was not going to leave me. So it's crazy. I wonder, you know, with with all of the the tragedy that you've experienced over these past couple of years, how do you get through your days? How do you function? Because that's a lot. Hmm. It's a lot of prayer. Is I, I I pray a whole lot in. I am blessed to have so many good friends and family members that push me. And sometimes I think they can feel when I'm not in a very good mode or whatever. And somebody always shows up to be like, come on, Tony, come on, you know, and not or just to be here for me and listen, you know. But usually everybody that's in my circle, they even if they want family, they were so close to me and my kids that it was like my kids called them auntie you know, or uncle or something like that. But no, it's just, and then I'm like driven because I was like, when Keisha went missing, there was nobody to help me. This was new to me and it was scary and I didn't know what to do or how to do it. So now I just try to help other people that's going through what I'm going through. Yeah. And and that's what I find interesting too, because I wanted to ask you that you just answered my question almost as far as what would you do differently knowing what you know now compared to what you did in the beginning of all of this? The crazy thing is I, I played that over in my head a lot. What could have I done to prevent my daughter from went going missing? And I don't know what else I could have done. I don't know what else I could have done. I always tried to tell her, make sure you have your phone on. 
Keisha, just I don't I'm not prying your business. Just let me let me know that you made it where you're going safely. And if your phone's not working, just give me another number just to get in contact because something happens. I can put my hands on you, you know, but I don't know. She was the type of child that even though she was 21 and she stayed with me, she used to be like, Mom, is it OK if I go spend the night at somebody's house? Mom over so-and-so house, is it okay if I spend another night? I'll be like, girl, I don't care because, you, you know, I need my break from you sometimes. But then I miss the times that me and her used to just sit and watch movies on across the bed, have movie nights on my bed and eat popcorn. It, I just miss, I miss her. And you do feel, you feel in your spirit that she's still out there somewhere. You feel that. You feel like she is still alive. So that, that's, you know, that is something. Yes, ma'am. I I push her flyers on Facebook. Whoever will listen, I don't care how I do it. I, I I do what I can to try to push it and make her face be known. Here in Richmond, I try to help other people with that has missing families using quiche. You know, like this will be my third year doing a missing persons day here in Richmond. I partner up with the police department. You know, to, to help do an event to bring more families out. Because it's like, it's so many people missing and people's not talking about it. And I don't understand why people are not talking about it if their family members are not here. This is crazy. I mean, there's certain things that I walk past during the day that remind me of Quiche or remind me of Davon or both of them together. I was like, how do people function not pushing and fighting for their kids? I don't, I don't understand. I reached out to the Richmond Police PR Department about Quiche's case, and I asked about suspects, DNA evidence, leads, and tips, and I didn't get very much, but I did basically get a response saying they're looking for information in the case and that there's a reward up to $1,000 for information leading to an arrest, adding that the family also has a $3,000 reward of their own. They do want people with information to call 911 so the information can be investigated properly. Now, according to local media reports, foul play is suspected. But at this point, it's clear that police won't confirm or deny that information with me. So you were telling me that, you know, you had a really close bond with Quiche and her brother and they told you a lot of things. And so when it came to her dating life, did she tell you? You know, she's, you said she had just broken up with the one guy. Did she ever say she was seeing anyone else or was planning to see someone else? Or you just had no idea about it at that point? She didn't say that she was seeing anybody else. Keisha and Devon both were the same way. If if it was just somebody casual, like somebody to like him and they really didn't know if they like him or not, they, they didn't bring him around me. I didn't meet everybody that liked them. Only the only people I met was the people that they really cared about or they really liked. And they felt it was OK to bring around mom because they was like, my mama crazy, y'all. So I can't just bring everybody around her. But, you know, they she'll tell me like certain people that, you know, she talked to. But she was like, mom, I just ain't feeling. I was like, well, baby, t- trust your instinct. Trust your instinct. She was like, all right. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like every parent, I don't, I didn't know every friend or every person that she came in contact with. What would you say to the people, you know, in the public who have been helpful to you and who have tried to help you find your daughter? I am very appreciative of everybody and everything. I'm appreciative to the, to the people who see me in the grocery store that recognize me and just walk up to me and give me a hug. And they was like, I just love you. And I'd be like, I love you too. 
and I'm praying for you. I, I'm just so appreciative that everybody that takes the time out and just shares her information or pass out a flyer or, you know, anything I'm, I'm with all my heart. I'm so appreciative because I'm, I, I don't know what I would do if, if people for, just forgot it's, it's still people out there. I have quiche flyers on my car. And some people just look at it real quick and then hear and turn their head like they they don't want to know. But this is something that is an epidemic right now. Kids are going missing. Adults are going missing in, in amazing numbers. And people need to realize just because it's not true right now, don't think it can't happen to you. Because I would have never thought it would happen to me. The only thing that shocked me was that someone could go missing. And nobody knows anything. And it's just crazy that the house where she was last seen at um, has cameras on the corners. But guess what? They were not on. Of every angle of that house. And when I saw I was like, it's a camera right there and a right there. So if she left this house, you could see it. And then I was informed that those cameras were not on. Imagine if it was your child, you would want somebody to help you. I just want the public to just pay more attention to your surroundings and the people, everything, the stuff that don't look right. It ain't right. Report it. That's all. What would you say to Quiche if she could hear this podcast by chance? You gonna make me cry. That I love her so much. And it's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her or pray for her. I'm not going to give up. Mommy is going to find you. And I'm not giving up. So whoever got her, let her go because you're not going to be able to rest. My final thoughts about this case are that time was of the essence and the critical hours that could have made a difference were altered because of late information. I think about how much Tony has been through with her only two children being taken out of her life. She's an amazing woman and I could never imagine how much pain she's dealing with. I also think about what Tony said about Quiche looking so young. Did someone take her thinking she was a younger teenage girl and put her in a trafficking situation? That's something to think about. Tony still feels that Quiche is alive, and I hope that's the case. As for this unknown man who's locked up, claiming to have details in Quiche's case, if he really has something to tell, I wonder why he's holding on to it. Is he trying to make a deal with investigators for himself? And I wonder... If it's the same guy who was at the house, a mystery name that Tony can't seem to get from police. I hope that she, along with the rest of us, will get an answer and get that answer soon. As for tips in the case, Richmond police say you can reach out to Detective William Thompson at 804-646-3925 if you have information. That number again is 804-646-3925. Quiche is 5 foot 3, about 100 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She also has a tattoo of a leaf on her right foot, animal paws on her right leg, and a flower on her right hand. She was last seen wearing black basketball shorts, pink and black Nikes, and a pink scarf. If you have any cases that you want me to check out, you can reach me on the Intrigued Full Effect website or via email at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true. 
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities in connection with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. Any copyright material in the podcast is approved by the owner or as part of the public domain. Music by Pond5.